Welcome to the Shine Online podcast. I'm your host and video content coach, Natasha. And after years of being a social media manager for service providers, coaches, and physical product brands while creating content for my own brand, I realized how important it is to infuse video into your strategy, no matter what surface or platform you decide to use for your brand. This podcast will help you create strategic video content that doesn't take away from your business, but fuels its growth. You'll leave each episode with a simpler way to show up with confidence that isn't reliant on the latest trend or gimmicky hacks, but a sustainable strategy. Ready to go from overwhelmed to confident in your content strategy? It's your time to shine. Welcome Mina and Jacqueline to the Shine Online podcast. I'm so excited for us to just dive into product business owners because they deserve the love. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. We're so excited. So I want to hear first before we dive into how people can more effectively sell their products. Why product businesses? Like, why are y'all so passionate about them? How did you get into this work? Ooh, great question. Well, we are both product business owners ourselves. Um, We have like a long story to get to the short point, but I'm a fashion designer by trade. I have a consulting company I've had since 2007, where I've started, launched and helped grow over a thousand fashion apparel and accessory brands. So I definitely am a startup expert. And in that time, I was like, I want to also create something and sell. So I had created a company called Cuffs Couture, which is a wearable wrist wallet, but it was like fancy and people like Kim Kardashian and Carrie Underwood wore it. I had done it we were joking because we were also you were on our podcast. We're like back in my day. So (laughs) back in my day before social media, I was very much the traditional route, even to the point that people were not buying online with e-commerce. And this was like 2009. And so we really had to figure out effective marketing strategies and how to get in front of more people. And so I went traditional route, wholesale, direct to consumer. I did some in person. And as I was like transitioning out of that business, I decided to close it down. I actually found Mina because I was thinking, can I liquidate this product on Amazon? Because she is an Amazon expert. So Mina, I don't know if you want to share your part. Yeah, I have another business as well outside of the product boss and that is low labels. And it started in 2015 when I was having my second daughter and I sell primarily on Amazon now, but I've sold, you know, big box stores, um, Jet when it was around, subscription boxes, flash deal sites, all the places, right? And so we kind of came together, but t- to answer your question, why product people? It's because we were you. When we met each other, we realized how lonely it was to speak our own language and have nobody else speak to us. The language of inventory, of selling actual physical goods, of, you know, you feel on an island when you don't have anybody to vent to about shipping rates and they don't even understand what you're saying. And so we were listening to podcasts at the time and we we always had to flip the advice to ourselves, right? Product people, but service-based advice doesn't apply to product people. And so we decided that we were gonna create our own community because we felt really lonely in our journeys. And that is why product people, because one, I like to say product business is the hardest, is really hard business and we need the support. Yes, That was really how we jumped into it is we were really serving um, the people that I felt like needed the support, but also because we felt lonely too. We knew what it was like and we wanted to build that community. That's why Mina and I found each other actually through a podcast community mm-hmm. where 
I was a product-based business owner. She was, and I was like, hey, can I pick your brain? Because, you know, other coaches will talk about opt-ins and they'll be like, do a freebie download. But that doesn't make sense for product people, right? Um, so, so, so we started talking, we're like, oh my God. We were like, it was our love language, which was talking about business. Like, you get <laughs> me, you know? I like to say it saved my marriage because I got to complain to Mina instead of my husband. And so we kind of <laughs> took that and created the Product Boss Podcast, which has been so successful and the community we've grown. So just so honored to help physical product-based businesses. And, you know, we're on a mission this year. Our goal is to help 2,000 small businesses that are product-based business owners start to generate at least an additional $2,000 a month in their business. And so if we do that, it's going to actually generate an extra $48 million for product-based businesses worldwide just by helping these 2,000 business owners generate an additional $2,000 a month. So we're really excited about that mission too, because the more small business owners, and we have a lot of women that own their businesses, that impact is going to be so great. So we're just, we're so excited to be able to talk to your listeners as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree with you that I think running a product business is way, way, way hard. And as a social media manager that used to work with a lot of product brands, I have like seen that behind the scenes and just equally excited to just help people feel confident about how they're showing up on social media and in their content. And so that really leads us to what we're going to be talking to today. We already did a swap over on the Product Boss podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, make sure you go follow. I think that's what you say nowadays, not subscribe, follow and check out that episode and all their other amazing content. But today I want to talk about selling because I think this is where a lot of people struggle to find the balance. How do I sell my products? How do I get my customers to buy without feeling icky and salesy and like all I do is talk about my products? And so I've heard there's a three C method that we got to hear. So we're going to dive into it right now. Yeah. So I want everyone to just realize like you're in business, right? If this is a hobby, it's a hobby, it's a hobby. But if you're serious about turning this into a business, you want people to exchange money for your products, then it's a business. And the fact of the matter is, is that that thing, a lot of people like, I want to sell, but I don't want to sound salesy. There's some sort of negative connotation with salesy. And I like to joke about like, you know, that like old fashioned thing of like a guy with like watches in his coat and he opens it up and he's like, you want to watch, you want to watch? Like (laughs) that was like kind of like sleazy salesy. But when you approach people with your product, creating a solution, right? They have a, they have a need, want, desire, or a problem, and your product is going to meet that, you're actually helping make their lives better. Now, when we say salesy, it's like, and we can talk about all the types of content that you can create, and this is gonna be really great for your audience with the idea of like, how do they use this on video and share it on social and all the things, but it's, it's, it's meeting a need and meeting them where they are and giving them a solution to that. And the salesy part is just a call to action, a simple call to action that's like shop now, check it out now, um, learn more, right? Because people need to be told what to do. They need next steps. They need that invitation. So Mina, mm-hmm. three C's of content. Yeah. Before we go there, I, I want to kind of piggyback off, off of what Jacqueline was just saying, because I want you guys to open up to the content. You can put as, as much content out there as you want. It will be way harder to get sales for your products if you don't tell them what to do. 
So all day long, we can give you the three C's, all that. But if you are holding yourself back thinking you're going to sound salesy, then that is only holding yourself back because of the language you're telling us. So I think that for all of you, know that you're not sounding salesy. You do have to ask them for the sale. And it's done in different ways. Like you can recommend things or you could, for myself and Jack, we always say recommend your best sellers, get really clear on your stories. And we do this through, you know, our signature course, Multi-Extreme Machine, as well as a year of content.com because we know that people really struggle with this. Now, that is what I want you to ultimately think about as we tell you these three C's because we're looking for conversion here. We're looking for you to make sales. We're not looking for you to distribute content as if you're a multimedia company with all the resources and time, you know, under you. We want you to make money. And if you think that that's sounding salesy or that money is not you know, what you want to do, then being an entrepreneur is going to be extra difficult. But making money is fun and business is fun and you get to create and do what you want in this life and you're already brave and courageous because you already started something. You've done something so different than most people. You started a business, you created a product and you've exchanged that for money. Now let's make more of it, right? So, okay, I think let's put on that hat, on the boss of your business hat before we jump in. Okay. Yes. Oh, I love that. I feel like that's so empowering too, because it's actually a common question that I I get, which I'm so glad y'all touched on is, should I put a call to action on all of my content? I'm like, yes. Like if you want people to engage, if you want people to buy, if you want people to go shop, if you want people to try something, if you want people, like whatever it is you want people to do in terms of that conversion action, tell them exactly what to do. And I just love that you touched on that. So yes, take it away. Take it away. I'm excited to, to hear them. Okay, so the three C's, I'm going to give the, um, what, it, what is that? A rundown. Is yes. A rollout? A rollout? <laughs> a rundown of the three, and they are calendar, conversational, and cornerstone. So those are the three C's of content that you can have around your product, because it's not just going to be only your product. You're going to be talking about everything around your product. So let's start with calendar. I'll start with that and Jacqueline can take the others. Calendar is the most simple one that we all think and know about. And this is where most product people end up stopping themselves. They know this one, calendar content. What does that mean? It means what are the things on the calendar and how am I going to sell those products according to the calendar? So for example, okay, I know that the content I want to bring out, and this could be a brainstorm session where you write down all these different things, mind map it out for yourself, brainstorm it out, all the calendar things that are coming up in the next 90 days. Okay, I know Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, graduation, wedding, but it has to pertain to your customer. So, you know, there's sometimes where it's like, oh, does Hanukkah pertain to them? Chinese New Year slash Lunar New Year, Ash Wednesday, who knows Father's what pertains Day to Mother's you? Day, yeah. right? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Or even seasons, right? Like summer, winter, right, that too. Exactly. So, summer seasons, it might be, you know, spring cleaning has it pertains to mothers or, you know, um, self-care in the, the in wellness in the beginning of the new year, whatever's top of mind calendar wise for your customer, you brainstorm on those and you create content according to that and messaging according to that. So it could show up to your customers when it's relevant to them. Now, I want to take it a step further because that is our first one and say there has to be calls to action. So it would be, do you want to learn more about clearing the clutter out of your house? Click here, you know, and if you're in person, what is a always that Jacqueline and I tell you? 
what's your email address? I would love to get your email address and add you to our list. So those are just simple calls to action that there should always be something that you're leading them to, to get them to into your ecosystem. Mm, I love that. And I feel like that allows you to create that timely content, but you're also able to plan and look ahead, which I know is something that often overwhelms people is like, we're like, oh my gosh, it's spring right now and Mother's Day is a month away. But I love how you kind of set it as this like intentional strategic thing that you're doing to kick you like kick off some really great, easy content ideas. But we have to take it a step further, which is where the rest of the, the two C's come in. Yes, absolutely. So then the next one is conversational content. So calendar sometimes feels easier because we, especially with products, we can market around dates. Like one of the biggest times is like Black Friday, right? Cyber Monday or um, giftable times or like seasons, like new spring collection, that kind of thing. Now, the thing that starts to get um, a little bit deeper, and I know you teach on this too, is that engagement. So the next C is conversational content. And this content is the thing that like builds rapport, connection, touch points with your customer. So this is where you kind of get to play. This is where you get to have more fun. This is where social media or emails or whatever content you're putting out there, however you want to use this is a little bit easier. And this might be where you're asking your Okay. Okay. For me. Easier for some people. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think, you know, what I love about this one in particular, it does, you know, it goes hand in hand with social media Mm -hmm. is this is where you get to play with personality, right? Some people don't like to play with personality and they want to be a robot. My product is blah, blah, blah. These are the features, you know, so the, you know, being conversational is much different than that. It's being personable. It's being, you know, engaging, um, and in that way. Yeah. So you interact. So this, you might do polls, you might ask questions. It might be something along the lines of, um, you know, I'm coming out with a new handbag color. I say handbag, like I'm my grandma, like a purse color. I don't know what the word is. And is it green or pink that you guys really want to see for spring? And then you let them answer it. Now you may already be coming out with green and pink, right? But you're engaging them in it. They feel like they're a part of it. This might also be the place where you have like short videos, you might share funny stories, anything that's like in alignment with your um, your customer. So if you're like Mina's company, which is Little Labels, and she provides products for moms that have kids with like that go to daycare and camp, she might even share stuff that's like funny stories about kids. So people feel like it's relatable. And you might have like quick conversations, right? This also might be a place where you do relevant quotes and reposts. So the thing is, is again, we're going to go back to that call to action aspect, encourage call to action. So whether any sort of response you can get them to take is training your followers, your email list subscribers, anything to follow a direction you're giving them. So sometimes it's easier to say like pink or green and they might choose pink or green and they might say that versus like shop now, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can get them to take these easy action actions and engagement, it's kind of like training your customer to kind of pay attention to what you're saying. And then it'll be that easier way of converting them down the road when you're saying shop now. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I feel like something I talk about inside my curriculum when it comes to calls to action is that there's the two types that you've already touched on of like, we have the conversion call to action where we want to make it super specific super clear on where they're going, what they're buying. But then there's also the engagement calls to action, which I feel like when people leave that out of the equation, that people wonder, why aren't people engaging with my polls? And why aren't they submitting things about uh, questions about my product? And, you know, why aren't they engaging? You have to ask them and like tell them how to engage, like tell them that they can vote, encourage them to do that. So I love that you touched on that. 
Yeah. And I always do this thing and I'm going to, so I want everyone that's listening, if it's safe for you to raise your hand, I want you to turn your hand around and I want you to give yourself a pat on the back. Okay. So I don't know how many of you actually did what I asked you to do, (laughs) but when we do this live in front of our audience or when we're, you know, doing our challenges and stuff, a lot of people do it. And then they chuckle at the end that they just gave themselves a pat on the back. People will follow instructions. They want you to tell them what to do. It's as simple as like you show up we on my website. We had somebody raising the roof in a gas station one time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I said something funny on the podcast. But like the thing is, is that, you know, even when someone lands on your website, right? What do you want? What action do you want them to take? If you just have yeah. pictures and it says nothing like shop now, check it out, bestsellers, you know, like if you're not guiding people in a direction, they actually don't know what to do. They feel lost. So the more direction we can give, our audience, our customers. And it might even be this conversational part might like get into your DMs, right? It might get into be actually get into conversation with real human beings. Because um, another tip for all of you is people buy from people. People buy from people. They want someone on the other end. Like we do not want to deal with AT&T, right? We do not want to deal with like Facebook who you can't get a hold of anyone. That is the most frustrating thing. The businesses that are going to win are going to have the deepest connection with their customers, especially in this day and age. They're going to be the ones that have a solution for them. They're going to be the ones that connect deeply. Know them better than they know themselves. And so that's our job as brands to show up for our customers in that way. Yeah. A really good call to action in conversation would be share this, invite somebody in. Do you know of another person that would love this? Like I said, share this. And what was the other one that we really like? Oh, vote. Let us know what you think, you know, um, jump in or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So last like, but not least. I was going to say, can I have oh, a little, ahead. I have a little yeah, question. Yeah. Um, Cause I know I have my preference, but I would love to hear what's worse worked best for your clients is where we're sending them in terms of the actual link we're sharing. I know there's a lot of hot takes on this, but I know I definitely think we want to just not send them to somewhere where they're going to be like, where am I and what was I looking for? And then they leave. And I'm assuming it probably aligns with what you guys were kind of already mentioning. So I'm curious if you have a favorite tool or app or recommendation of like when we're linking things on our stories or in our link in bio and we're we're linking that that content, where do you like to send people? Is it specific product pages? Is it mm-hmm. like, where is it? I would I just be curious to hear your thoughts. For me, I think if we're talking about, are you talking about social specifically? Yes, social specifically. Yes. So they have built it that they want to keep people on the platform, right? That is the whole goal of Instagram and Facebook and Meta and all the things they want to keep people on the platform, which is not a bad thing because when they launched, you know, shopping on Instagram back in 2020, the cool thing was, was most people didn't have great websites. And so to send someone from a platform that's easy to navigate and is so clear to then your website that may not convert them, that might be like just not a good website in general to convert. They made it easier for people to be able to see your product and purchase on the um, app. And I think that they still favor that. So I think it's a, for me, it's a mix. It's what is the action step we want them to do? We do want them to get comfortable. So it might be that for me, if I was, let's just go, I have a sundress collection or I've got an apparel collection and sundresses are the thing I want to talk about. And I keep talking about sundresses, you know, first it might be calendar content because like spring is here, time for sundresses, like 
you know, check out the new collection, the new collection might actually send them to the website. Right. And then the conversational content might be like, what do you, do you love like one or two, the yellow dress or the blue dress, put that in. And then I think though, if you're able to sell it online and on the thing, it could also just have that shop now button. So I think it really just depends on the level that your business is at, but if we send them too far off, we can't control that either. So I Mm -hmm. think if you can have shoppable posts, that'd be great. Yeah. A confused customer never buys. And the thing is, I think that you send them wherever you want them to go. It can be anywhere to the moon, right? Very (laughs) unclear on how they're going to get there. So your messaging has to be critical. They have to know what they need to do. So for example, if I'm going to be talking about my email list, I'm creating this waiting list. I send them to my email list. If I have, it happens to be, you know, I'm on Amazon like I am and Prime Day is coming up. I send them to Amazon, direct link. The key here that I'm trying to get to all of you is you don't send them to too many places or more than one place. In a lot of times you send them directly where you want them to go. So in that case, Prime Day, you want to send them to Amazon. Um, if it's a spring collection, like Jacqueline said, send them to your website with a link to that specific collection. Don't make them dig for it. You yeah. Know? Don't just send them to your homepage and say good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, Linktree or whether you have like your own version of a Linktree on your own website, constantly update that for whatever your marketing campaign is. So if we're talking mm-hmm. sundresses and uh, like your Linktree may, might sh- say shop sundresses, just like it would a navigation. And then you would send them there. I want to know your opinion, Natasha. What's your take on this? Yeah, I think um, giving them a specific place, like not the homepage of your website is always my biggest tip because you don't want people to search. Um, I think that sending them directly to the product or whatever it is, I think is always the best route. Using in-shop things I think are also helpful. But yeah, I think that link and bio tools can be really supportive for product brands because you often have a lot of links to share and it can really help guide people depending on the calls to action you're focused on. And I also think that there's a lot of great options that make a shoppable feed or make where you can highlight your key products. So I think it just totally depends on what you're selling and and what your calls to action are. So definitely, definitely aligns there. And I think, and this is, you know, in our, we have a signature course called Multi-Stream Machine, and we actually teach people how to optimize their website and where they sell, right? Because we truly, like, it's user experience and a confused customer is not going to buy. So the thing I think for everyone to realize, too, is that you can't, you don't just, like, build your website, put up your your main image and walk away. Maybe as coaches, we can, but as product-based business owners, we are featuring categories, products, like we said, all the stuff around these three C's. And so the thing is, if, if sundresses should not still be on your website in December and your links in bio or your link tree should also reflect whatever you're trying to push or sell. So I think once you all get clarity about what you're selling and when you're selling it and what you're talking about, it would be, I think it's a pretty active place of transition of like always making sure you're updating it. Yeah. Great tip. Kimina, what's the last C? So the last one is cornerstone. So this is typically long form content that you can think of cornerstone being a lot of times in evergreen, meaning that it doesn't go away seasonally like calendar content might or even social media trends or topics that are, you know, engaging in the moment, but maybe not the next month. Cornerstone is maybe how-tos. It is tutorials. It is benefits of, let's say you sell lavender, I don't know what's, uh, lavender candles, right? It might be a, a, a post on the benefits of soy wax and lavender on your night routine, right? And so you're really taking into account that that person 
has a life? And how is your product going to fit into that life in a more cornerstone sort of way? They understand the features, but not only the features, they understand the benefits of your product in their life. And so that's why it can be how to's. It could be, like I said, um, how to use your product in different ways, in different areas of their life, how it solves their problem or their desires, their wants, needs, and desires. And then also, you know, this is a really great place to feature different angles on that, like different types of people, how it solves the problem. So for example, you know, you get to start um, featuring maybe your team, right? If your team, because it's more long form or it's it's not as, you know, um, for social media, it's like tons of touch points, right? This one is where this might be serving the customer in a more deep way that they're like, ooh, I, you know, I do want to know how to use this product or I do want to know the benefits of being educated around these different crystals, whatever it is. They're educational pieces a lot of time in educating your customer to the point where they earn your, uh, you earn their trust and they become a loyal follower of yours because you're educating them in a way where it's much more cornerstone to your product, like how it relates to them. They can resonate on a deeper level in that way. Yeah, I think that's so aligned with a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast of like focus on original content, repurpose your ideas and all those things that you think like you cannot post another how to or you can't talk about the benefits again, like be okay with being repetitive with those cornerstone evergreen topics, which I feel like makes creating a little bit easier, but I think it provides those touch points that customers need to eventually make that decision or maybe they're just seeing the how to in a different way or they're hearing it in a different way. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like that is just such aligned with this original video approach that a lot of the people that are listening to this are wanting to lean into. And like, you could absolutely do that for your products as well. I yeah, also another, oh, I was going to give just a quick, another example would be frequently asked questions. That's exactly what yeah. I was about to throw mm -hmm. in there. So yeah. Yeah. that is something that, especially for anybody out there that has had interaction with their customers. So Two, two big ways you may have done this. If you're an in-person seller, you've done markets, trade shows, farmers markets, whatever it is, um, people will come and ask you questions. Remember what those are and create videos around that. The other side is if you're an Etsy seller, you know, is like nobody reads and they all ask you questions, <laughs> right? So if you can back those frequently asked questions up. So we have um, a student that does jewelry and she's constantly showing like how to find your size, or your fit, how to pick the yeah. one, right? Because people see on their flowers and like, I don't know what to cho choose. So this is how to do it. Another option might be seeing things physically like, oh, I want to buy this bowl, but how big is it, right? Or like if you have three sizes of bowls or three sizes of mugs, you might put them next to each other. Dagny Dover is really good at this. So Dagny mm -hmm. Dover, like with their neoprene backpacks, they have three sizes and they'll show you the three sizes and they'll show you what's inside. So if you see something that's a frequently asked question, Share it, show it. And also anytime the humble brag needs to come out or not even humble brag, you're as seen in, you're featured in Vogue, whatever it is, this is where that posts you because you can, you're featured in Vogue. You don't need, you can show it every year of your life. If Oprah magazine yes. talks about you, this is going to live forever. And 20 years later, we want to see that post. Yes. I'm still talking about <laughs> the Kim 20 year K. anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kim has like a different face now from when she, I have a picture of her wearing my cups. So it's, it is what it is. Yeah. But, um, but you know, and I think, and the other thing that Mina and I, since we, we coach so many people, we're always like, and when did you talk about this? 
was last? And they're like, you know, three months ago when I posted it and nobody saw it. I already so, said it one time. One right? time. So repeating this stuff, because what we want you all to realize is nobody has the time to pay attention to you as much as you do. And it doesn't matter. We've even recently brought reels back from a year or two ago and they are performing better than last time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The jewelry company that Jacqueline was talking about does um, how to size the fit of your bangle. She does it every single week. In the time when it's um, the time of her once a year anniversary event, which she does not offer discounts even in that, but also during Black Friday and Cyber Monday when people are more online, she does it every few days, right? So it's like people are like, but I already told them how to size for themselves. And she does have highlights and everything that show it, but she talks about it every single time. And the thing is that, you know, that is cornerstone content in a lot of ways, because it's like, that is what's eliminating people from buying, uh, from stopping themselves from buying. It's it's um, eliminating they, the friction, the hurdles. Yeah, they cannot yeah. make another decision. And without the information they need, they can't do it. So- yeah. I want to add one more thing because this is one of the biggest things that we're known for teaching product-based business owners is how to find their best sellers. Because so many people think if I make more products, then I'm going to get more customers. And that's actually one of like the number one ways you're not going to get more customers. You're not going to be known in the industry. You're going to spend all your money making all the things and it's not going to grow. And we've seen like extreme success. Now, if I and our students get so scared, I'm like, if Mina and I were to show up on your Instagram or your website or anywhere, would we know what your best sellers are? Mm. It could be. So this might be where calendar and cornerstone interact because your best sellers might change per season. But I want to know your best sellers. I want to know the customer faves. I want to know. I want to know that. And that is something that should live on your grid Often, like probably every nine squares, there should be some version of your bestseller because that is the thing that's going to catapult you to that next level. So I think that is, it'll be based on calendar. Or if you, I don't know, you sell a CBD cream and all the time you sell CBD and it's lavender scent and people love it for sleep, then this thing needs to live on your social media always. It's not yeah. that one time that you told them it was their bestseller three months ago, and yeah. then you're like, "Why aren't and they buying it?" Why? Yes. Because more than one people, one more than one person has that problem of sleeping at night, right? Yeah. So it's like you're going, you're leaning in, you're going deep on what works, and that's really what we. It's kind of like the hero. Um, we we say it has star power. It's the Justin Timberlake of you know of NSYNC. It's Beyonce of Destiny's Child. It is Mick Jagger of Rolling Stones. Um, yeah. And there's a reason why people gravitate towards the you know. No, everybody wanted JC to be the best. Oh, no, he was not. Okay. Sorry, folks. La- yeah. Lance Bass. He- it was not him. We're talking in you know? sync for the young kids out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not talking Harry Styles and Wind Direction. No. Oh, that is so incredible. I feel like it really rounds everything out because I feel like so much for services or coaches is we focus so much on objections. But I feel like what you're really drilling home for product businesses is really just focusing on how can we make their decision to purchase easy? Because mm. once they're a customer, I'm sure y'all have very interesting data on this. Once they're a customer, they're in the club, right? They're in the group. And then they might add something else to their cart and they'll see what else you have and they'll check this out and they'll reorder. And so I think it's really about like, how can we remove all of those obstacles of asking about sizing, of asking about which mod- like, like which matcha should I get versus this product or which mug should I get for this? Like just making it so simple 
simple and easy for people to see your brand and what you're known for will help you make more sales, I think is just such a great takeaway from all the amazing tips you just shared. Yeah. Imagine a customer out there, right? They have so much exposed to them and so much that they have to consume. All we're trying to do, all you're trying to do is reinforce that buying decision. So a lot of times when we're out there in the wild, we might have our wallet out, we might not, whatever it is. But when we do, that's when you pop in there and say, this is what everybody loves, or this is why you buy this in the season right now, right? You give them, you connect the dots for them to give a reason to buy. So it's much more about instead of just removing obstacles, it's about reinforcing them in making that buying decision. It's the no like trust. It's that trust part, you know? And so it has to be earned in reinforcing reinforcement of them doing that action. And um, I think that for everybody, you know, you I love the obstacles thing, but you can take a horse to water and they will not drink. Okay. So they might drink if you're like, hey, that water, you start lapping up that, you know, uh, <laughs> that water too. You show other horses are lapping up that water, you know, um, you show the prestigious water. That's the luxe version of their water barrel, you know, whatever it is, you show them this this is, you know, exactly. These are the benefits of water. You need to say hydra- hydrated horse. <laughs> Sell the water. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just imagine all of those things. And that is really what we're going for. Yeah. And I feel like I am like, I know some pro- most product business owners might just be online and e-commerce, but I'm like thinking of people, if you were selling your product in person, you're not going to throw all 10 of your products in their face and say, and this is why you need this one and then this one and then this one, but maybe this one and this. It's like, what would you tell them if you were face to face with them? And you had that 15 seconds to be like, this is why you need this and why it's going to be beneficial for you and what it's going to look like and how to choose your sizing. Right. Yeah. I think it kind of helps people focus focus in what they're creating their content about. Which is 100% why a lot of the times, and if you go through, we have free challenges. We have this challenge called the Bestseller Secrets Challenge, and that's what we teach. So for you, you're a matcha lover. So imagine if you're walking around and you, you're at a farmer's market and there's this whole place and it's they sell tea and then they have matcha, right? But maybe they have flavors of matcha. And you might say, well, what's the best flavor? Like either they're going to give you a sample. They might call it the best seller bundle. So, you know, it might be like customer faves. And you may be more likely to buy that as you're trying somebody's new product than you are to go out on your own. Maybe you're going to go out on your own and pick something like out of the blue, but you're going to go with their recommend, right? Or let's say someone's like, oh, I love coffee. And then the suggestion is, have you ever tried matcha? It Like the caffeine level, it's easier on your body, whatever it is, right? And you give them that reason and then and you connect with them at that point. So I think exactly what you're saying, it's, it's not so much the objections, it's making the decision easier, for people. And it's always about connecting the dots for them in whatever creative way you want to connect it for your customer. Yeah. Oh, this was so, so good. Oh my gosh. So many gems that I just know everyone listening are going to be like taking notes, brainstorming ideas. And I just so appreciate you sharing because I think this is so helpful. So please let people know where they can listen to your podcast, where they can find any links and resources that you've mentioned and where they can connect with you over on social media. Amazing. Well, we're on the HubSpot Podcast Network with you, but you can listen to the Product Boss Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
Also on all social channels, we're The Product Boss. And we love to offer your listeners access to, it's one of our signature programs. It's kind of like a mini course, but it's called A Year of Content. So it's a yearofcontent.com. And this gives you over 200 plus content prompts specifically for product-based business owners that are not salesy. So if you're trying to figure out like, how do I talk about my products without sounding salesy? We have all the prompts and you can use these for social media, video. We love to say these are other ways to to offer emails to your customers. So really it might even help you too, if you are in person and you're like, Hey, these are our top three selling products and why, and there's calendar in there. And, um, we go back over the the three seasons of content. So that's a year of content.com for less than a few cups of matcha. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Sold us. We're sold. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mina and Jacqueline. This was great. And we'll link all those resources in the show notes for everyone. Thank Thank you, Natasha. Thank you so much for tuning into the Shine Online podcast. I hope this episode has helped you find a simpler way to show up consistently on video. If you loved what you heard, please share this episode with a business owner you know who is struggling with content and video in their business. Or connect on Instagram at Shine with Natasha by taking a screenshot and sharing your biggest takeaway. See you in the next episode.